Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 198. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news, views, and reviews. Hello and welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening, and thanks for downloading once again. And first-time listeners, welcome aboard. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of the website techguide.com.au. On this week's show, mobile provider Vaya issues a price match challenge to the other telcos. Huawei launches its new P9 smartphone, and Samsung's first 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray player is available now. In the Tech Guide reviews, we look at the LG G5 smartphone, the Kogan Atlas 2-in-1 Windows 10 hybrid device, and the Samsung credit card-sized solid-state drive. And we'll finish it off with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you, your family, and your devices safe online. Plenty to get through, so let's jump straight in. Well, the mobile telco space is a very competitive one, especially the SIM-only space. There's a lot of people who already own their own devices and that all they need is a SIM card uh, and a plan to go with it, of course. Well, Vaya has made a, a huge announcement and they've, they're offering a price match guarantee. Now, Vaya is a mobile virtual network, so it's it's reselling the Optus 4G service, as as do other companies like Kogan resells Vodafone, uh, Maysim also is on, on Optus. Vaya has come along and really thrown down the gauntlet to those other providers and launched this price beat guarantee. So as of now... You can, if you if you want to receive a, a match a plan that you see that you've seen, uh, whether you're a new or existing customer with Vaya, they will not only match that offer, they will give you the first month for free. Now, the the beauty of having a SIM only plan is that you're not on a contract. There's no 12 or 24 month contract. So you're allowed to shop around and also take your business elsewhere if you're not happy. If you do see a better deal, you can up and leave and take up that offer. Now with Vaya, what what it's offering with this deal is that if you're a new customer or even an existing customer, you can come to them and say, right, I've spotted another deal over here. It's It's got to be a 4G deal, and it's got to be a, a deal that's available to all customers. It can't be just a one-off deal maybe that, that's been offered to keep you as a customer somewhere. This has to be a legit deal that's available to everyone. So the, the beauty of this system is that if you are a VAYA customer, you can rest assured that if, if in the coming months, a better deal does come along, you don't have to go through the hassle of having to port your number to that other telco 
and sign up to that other plan and, and then change all your billing. Vaya allows you to stay put to match and they will match that other deal as well as giving you that free month. There have been, it's pretty common to see some telcos offer new customers this enticing deal to get them, to bring them over as new customers. But existing customers often miss out. That's not the case with Vaya. It's, uh, this is a pretty decent offer where, uh, I'll put some comparisons on Tech Guide as well, where entry level SIM only month to month plans, a Vaya $20 a month plan gets you unlimited calls and texts, one and a half gig of data, which to compare to Telstra, Optus, and Vodafone, you, you're getting for, for 35 and $30 of the other prices. You're getting those unlimited calls, but you're getting hardly any hardly any data. Uh, the only price, the only plan that matches on the data side is the Optus plan, but it's $35. That's $15 more expensive than the Vaya plan as well. Moving up to a, a, a sub $40 SIM only month to month plan. Uh, you, you can see the Vaya $36 unlimited calls texts. That plan for 36 bucks a month also gets you 7 gig of data. Now, if you were to look at the similar price SIM-only plans on Telstra, Optus, and Vodafone, Telstra and Optus have got $35 plans. Telstra plan only offers 500 meg of data. Optus's $35 plan offers 1.5 gig of data. Vodafone's $40 plan only offers 3 gig of data. So for $36, Vaya gets you 7 gig of data. Uh, and so it, it, it's, it's all there on paper how, how easy it is to compare and also to know that you are getting that good deal no matter what. You can, as long as you're a customer at Vaya, you will continue to receive that deal, unless you find a better one, of course. So that, that's a pretty good feeling. If you want to read more about that story and see how you can match to get a great price comparison, price match comparison, you can check out our story at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, I've just returned from Bali, where I was lucky enough to attend Huawei's launch of its new P9 smartphone. Now, Huawei is a massive Chinese company, and it has a lot of regions in the South Pacific, including Australia, China, Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, all these, all these countries make up this the South Pacific region and they did have a South Pacific conference in Bali and they used that occasion to launch the new P9 Android smartphone. Now Huawei's really made some inroads in the last few years in terms of uh, their smartphone business. A lot of people don't realize that about I think 75 to 80 percent of the Huawei business is in networks. In other words all the, the networks around the world all the telcos uh, networks are built by Huawei, some of them even here in Australia. So that, that makes up the bulk of their business. But their consumer business, in, in, in other words, their smartphone business, is really growing year on year. And we're talking growth of up to 60 or 70% year on year. And it's no wonder because they have produced some very impressive devices. The P9, the very latest one, is also quite impressive. It's got a 5.2-inch full HD screen, 64-bit octa-core processor running Android 6.0, and it's only 6.95 millimeters thick, so it is really skinny. 
Now, they those those specs sound impressive, but that isn't the most impressive part of this device. The most impressive part is actually with the camera. Now, apparently, according to Huawei, more than a trillion photographs were taken around the world last year, and 80% of those pictures were captured with a smartphone. So it just goes to show how important a good camera has become on a smartphone. It is one of those pillars that people use to decide on a new device. Other pillars would be screen size, maybe the, the processor performance, but camera quality is right up there, if not the most important thing. Brand, obviously, is another one as well. But that camera, you get that right, and you're going to get a lot of customers. And that that's what, what Huawei's taken into this device. So much so is that it involved the iconic photography company, Leica. This is a brand that's been around for 102 years. So they've partnered with Leica to produce these two lenses that are on this device. It's a dual lens camera. It's got twin lens, it's 12 megapixel resolution, and it actually sits flush on the back of the device. You, you Have a look at the iPhone, the latest Samsung phone. The lens actually sticks out a little bit. It's not quite flush, flat on the back panel. The two lenses on the P9, the Huawei, you can check them out on TechGuide. I've got plenty of images of them. They are actually flush on the back. So if you've got something else in your pocket, it's not going to get scratched. It's not going to catch on anything. Now, what what Huawei's done with this camera is that it's given one lens the job of handling the RGB. So that's the color side, natural tones, vivid color. The second camera looks after black and white, and it picks up all the detail and all the clarity. And what it does, it actually combines them. So it makes this hybrid image, and that's that's what produces the better image. Uh, there's there's a couple of ways. There's actually three ways it can it can focus. It's got a hybrid autofocus system, and that combines laser autofocus, contrast focus, and depth focusing through the two lenses. So it can tell the two lenses are like the eyes in our head. We 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 perceive depth and distance by using both our eyes, and the the P9 from Huawei does exactly the same thing. Uh, you can also take control of your of your photos with a manual mode. You can even uh, with, with this device because there are there are all these features, those two lenses. It now offers you the ability to create depth of field. So, in other words, you can have something in the foreground in focus and the background out of focus, and vice versa. You can do that in the camera when you take the photo. But what I like about this, and we were trying this in Bali, we were, I was walking around the beaches and the resort taking lots of photos. It also lets you do that to have that depth of field even after you've taken the image. So there is a there is a mode where you can actually change the focus of the image after you've taken it. So if you've taken a picture with something in the foreground that's in focus, the background out of focus, you can actually swap that around. You can think, well, you know what? The background might be better to focus. And you simply tap on that background, it'll change, and then you save that as another version of the photo. Really interesting. Leica's involvement, of course, goes all the way down to the different modes. They've got classic colors. 
colours. They've got film mode as well, so you can choose standard, vivid, and smooth. It also, because it's got a dedicated black and white camera, don't forget one of them does just shoot black and white, there is a like a black and white mode as well. So rather than, like other smartphones, it applying a filter. So it takes a colour image and filters it to black and white. With like the Leica black and white mode, you can actually shoot black and white through the black and white lens. So you're going to get some truer images there as well. Uh, the front camera is an 8 megapixel selfie camera and so a 3D fingerprint scanning, four level scanning as a matter of fact, so it's really accurate, really fast as well. The It's got a 3000 milliamp hour battery. It's also got rapid charging through its USB-C port. And we're st- I've noticed the last, the, the, the latest smartphones like the HTC 10, the LG G5, which we're going to talk about in the reviews, they are now having USB-C ports on their devices. And that, that, these also include uh, these, this fast charging as well. P9 from Huawei is expected to land in Australia in the next couple of months. We think probably early in the second half, or I think around June, July, is uh, what, we, what we're hearing there as well. Pricing hasn't been announced. Neither has the telco partners, but I'm pretty sure this is going to be offered at a competitive price and also through the telcos as well. So two lenses, Huawei reckons, are better than one. If you want to read our story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Now, last week, I don't know if you recall, we were talking about Panasonic becoming the first Australian company to announce a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray disc player. Uh, that's what we spoke about last week, and their Blu-ray player, which the price hasn't been revealed yet, but we're not expecting that in the market till September. Well, today, or yesterday, I should say, we received news that Samsung's 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray disc player has not only been announced, we did see it back in January at the Consumer Electronics Show, but not only has it been announced in Australia, it's also available now in Australia. The UBD K8500 can be purchased today, and it's priced at $599. The Samsung Blu-ray, the 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray player now means that anyone who owns a 4K TV, and there's a lot of people that have already got one or are planning to buy one. I think if you're in the market for a, your main TV, you would be mad not to spend just a little bit extra on 4K Ultra HD just to future-proof that purchase. So with the Samsung uh, 4K UHD Blu-ray disc player, it's got a curved front panel as well as a curved back panel. It looks quite good. There's pictures on Tech Guide. Now, the 4K discs are coming as well. We're going to see the Revenant released by Fox on May the 18th. And that is going to be day and date with its Blu-ray and DVD launch. So you are still you are starting to see 4K Blu-ray discs appearing in the market. And it was sensible for Samsung to get in the market ahead of time because people ain't going to buy this until they see those movies on the shelf. Now, what the Samsung 4K player also offers, it delivers this your 4K content natively. So off the disc, you are going to get four times the resolution of Blu-ray. A lot of people may not realize that a 4K TV has that many pixels. Four times what Blu-ray, four times full HD. Uh, that's what 4K is. And off the disc, every single pixel on your TV, 
on your 4K TV is going to be used by this native 4K disc. So you're going to see lots of new releases. You're also going to see some older releases being re-released in 4K. Now, this player... It also is compatible with HDR, high dynamic range, which we've spoken about. And if you do happen to buy a 2016 TV, chances are it will have HDR, as will the 4K discs, as will the Samsung 4K Ultra HD player be able to handle it. You know, what, what, the, what viewers will see is twice the color range and up to 64 times the color expression. So the kind of the range of colors you're getting there and the, the gradations of color, that's where that comes into play. And, and that, that's, that's over a Blu-ray display. So twice the color range, 64 times the color expression of a regular Blu-ray player, which let's face it, is pretty good to begin with. So Ultra HD 4K is going to be even better than that. It's all powered by an octa-core processor, and it's also capable of producing 60 frames per second to give it a real cinematic feel. Uh, it's also going to have 7.1 channel Dolby digital output, and it includes a little remote. It's a, it's a tiny little remote. fits in the, in the palm of your hand. It's powered by one of those flat watch batteries, so it'll run for years without you needing to change the battery. One thing about the remote, and we've already got this, by the way, Tech Guide, we've already put our little story up on uh, on our website. One downside of the remote is that it's not backlit. So if you're watching in a dark room, it's pretty hard. You need to kind of feel your way around the keyboard. It's not too big, uh, so that's really not a deal breaker there. But it would have been good maybe to have this as a backlit a backlit option so you can see what you're doing in the dark. It's also got built-in Wi-Fi. And, and a LAN port, so an Ethernet port, so you can connect it wirelessly or with a cable. One other feature, too, is the upscaling. Now, we, we tested it out. We watched uh, one of our reference Blu-rays is the film starring Tom Cruise, the sci-fi film Oblivion. Now, we know that movie really well. There's great sound in it. There's great vision in it. And we know exactly the quality of that that video, the, the, the Blu-ray disc, I should say, on our current equipment. And watching it through the Samsung 4K UHD player, I did notice a significant difference. It was a lot sharper, a lot clearer. Colors were slightly better. And we also watched one of our other favorites, Star Wars The Force Awakens on Blu-ray. And even that popped. That had a lot of added textures, uh, some improved color, even some, some, some even increased sharpness around objects. So it really, really made that look even, even better than we, uh, we saw it playing on a regular Blu-ray disc player. The connectivity on board, I mentioned it's got Wi-Fi and the local area network, so a cable connection. Uh, that means you can stream services like Netflix and, and your favorite other apps, uh, sites like YouTube as well. The Samsung UBD K8500, available from leading electrical retailers, and it's only $599, which for brand new technology isn't bad at all. I think it's going to put some pressure on Panasonic. Panasonic haven't released the pricing for their player. Personally, I think Panasonic's gone for a more premium player. There's a lot more technology under the hood. Panasonic using its own proprietary technology. It's, it's got technology it's been using in production for decades that it's going to put under the hood of that device as well. So I'm imagining that to be uh, hopefully about $8.99 or priced at maybe $9.99, and that'll really suit 
high-end users with dedicated home theatres. The Samsung, of course, is is a great addition to anyone with a 4K player or 4K projector. I played it through a Sony 4K projector, and it did. I did see an improvement. I can't wait to get my hands on the first 4K disc, which should be the Revenant. I'm expecting that any day now. But if you've got 4K TV and you want to see some 4K content, the content's coming. The player's already here, though. The Samsung UBD K8500, and you can check out our story at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide, keeping you updated and educated. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. There's lots of valuable stuff stored on your computer, family photos, videos, tax returns, and work documents. But what would you do if it was all suddenly gone, encrypted, and impossible to retrieve? Ransomware, that's a reality. It's a malware that locks you out of your own files and then demands for you to pay up or lose access to them forever. Ransomware is on the rise here in Australia. In fact, Australia is now the most targeted country for ransomware attacks in the Southern Hemisphere. Norton Security Premium is a powerful internet security solution that can help keep you safe from ransomware by identifying and warning you against dodgy files before you click. And you can back up your files from the PC, from your PC to the cloud, so you'll always have a copy if anything goes wrong. To learn more about how to protect your online life, visit au.norton.com. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. All right, kicking off the Tech Guide reviews for this week for episode 198 is the LG G5 smartphone. We saw this back in February at the Mobile World Congress. We, we laid eyes on this device for the first time. That's where it was launched. Now, the thing with the G5 is that it has, at when you first look at it, it, it looks like every other unibody phone. So it's pretty sleek, pretty thin, feels great in your hand. But what LG has done is created a modular design for the device, which means that the bottom of the phone actually can be removed. Uh, The battery also comes out with it, and it allows you then to clip in other modules. At the moment, there are two. There's an audio module from B&O, that's Bang & Olufsen, for higher quality audio. And there is also LG's very own Cam Plus, which is a grip, and that also provides physical buttons like a zoom uh, and an actual shutter button. So LG are taking a bit of a gamble here, hoping that this system is adopted not only by the customers with the current modules, but even by third-party manufacturers who want to create modules for the device. It's got a 5.3-inch Quad HD display, and that's got a resolution of 2560 by 1440, unbelievably 554 PPI, pixels per inch. So this is really sharp. And once again, LG has gone for the main button on the back of the device. LG's already been pretty courageous when it comes to producing smartphones. It was the first to throw that the main button on the back of the product rather than on the side of the product. And when you think about it, it's pretty logical because whether you're using it left-handed or right-handed, chances are your finger's going to rest in the center of that back panel anyway. So why not make it your 
on-off button, your lock button, and the fingerprint reader. On the right side is the unified SIM card and micro SD tray. The only buttons on the edges are the volume controls. It's also got a USB-C port on the bottom, uh, and we'll talk about how well that helps with the charging charging the device as well. Now, the, the, apart, the design is, is a pretty bold one, and it is something that LG really has to hope that I think the success or failure of this phone will depend on, A, whether the customers like the available modules and whether other parties come to the table. Uh, it, it's, it is, I think the reason they've done it is to give customers more flexibility. The problem with the unibody phone at the moment is that it's, it's a locked device. You can't get it to add to the, to the battery. I think LG wanted to give customers that access. So in case they wanted to change the battery, they may have a spare battery uh, that they can use that. They can pop off the bottom and then stick the new battery inside. The The device itself, I think one of the main features, uh, apart from the screen, which is really impressive, the other main feature is the camera. This is a, this is a really cool feature on the G5, and it, it also has a dual lens camera. But unlike the P9, which we spoke about earlier, the two lenses on the P9 work together to create a photo. With the G5, the dual lenses actually can be used separately. One of them, uh, they act independently. How I've described it in my review, it's like changing lenses on your DSLR. You know, if you want to do a, a, a zoom in, you need, you know, you need a longer lens. You just pop out that lens, put the new one in, and you got your wide angle. If you want to do something closer, then you put in your other lens. That's kind of what happens with the G5. If you take an irregular photo with the 16 megapixel camera, that's the the, the main resolution that takes your regular photo. If you want though to use the second lens that's a that's an 8 megapixel camera and it's got a wide angle 135 degree field of view so if you want to take a wide angle shot you simply switch to the other lens and boom you got a lot more in your photo it's actually 15 degrees wider than the human eyes field of view so if you want to take a photo of a landmark or you want to fit just more in your photo without having to get too far away from it you can use that wide angle lens as well and I'll put some examples of normal lens and wide angle lens on my review on tech guide so the the camera definitely a winner there i, I really like the camera it takes great images sharp clear photos great color uh, pretty fast or focus low light pictures come up pretty well also uh, but i think what i found it, it just took a second or two longer to focus in the low light uh, it's running Android 6.01 Marshmallow. It's also got its own user interface, and not not the thinnest in the world. It, it does not it doesn't offer the massive bloatware as we've seen with other phones, but there are still some double ups of apps. There's no app drawer either. You know, any of you Android users, you normally see the bottom of the home button, an icon that's got like nine dots in it. You press that, that takes you to your app drawer. What LG, the G5, doesn't have is that app drawer. So you're going to have pages and pages of apps uh, that are going to be filling up your home screens. There are some double-up apps as well. That doesn't help. So you have your LG version of an app. You might have the Google version of the app. I did like, though, some of the, the tools that are included, the apps. One of my favorites was actually the Quick Remote. It's actually an infrared remote that lets you, uh, it, 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 you can use it as a universal remote control. I actually had some issues with my TV's remote control. wasn't working. All I did was program the G5 to the brand of my television, and boom, it was my remote control until I got a replacement for a replacement remote for the TV. 
Under the hood's a Qualcomm Snapdragon 820 processor. 4 gig of RAM, 32 gig of internal storage, which is plenty. It's also got a micro SD card slot if you want to expand that even further. Getting to the battery. Now, this has to be one of the strengths of the G5. It's a 2800 milliamp hour battery, which is actually smaller than the, the Galaxy S7 and the HTC 10, which both had 3000 milliamp hour batteries. But the G5 hung in there with these other devices, easily got us through a day and into the next day. But here's the thing. Here's the kicker with this phone. The quick charge is incredible. You can get a full charge in an hour through the USB-C port. Now, I find that a little ironic, the fact that LG went to the trouble of making a modular-designed phone just so you can access that battery and change it if necessary, but yet it still has a battery that can be charged in an hour. Uh, it's it, it's it's a funny thing to me. I think that the quick charge, one of the fastest we've seen on the market. So you can get up to full full charge in an hour. Probably if you if you charge it for thirty minutes, you probably might get sixty sixty five percent as well. So if you're in a hurry, you can get either a full charge in an hour or top it up to sixty percent in thirty minutes before you head off. Now the thing that I mentioned earlier are the modules. There's also some companion products that we received to review. The ones we received was the Cam Plus, which is the grip. That's 129 bucks, and it snaps into the bottom of the G5 and gives you that shutter button, zoom. was a little bit laggy. It's also got its own battery, which helps too if you're really into your photography and you want to take some shots out and about. It's got a 1250, 1250 milliamp hour battery, so that means you're taking your pictures. You can shoot longer without smashing the battery on the G5 itself. Uh, the next thing we had also is the Cam Plus, the 306, sorry, the LG 360 camera. That's the 360 degree camera made up of two 13 megapixel 180 degree cameras, which was good, not great. What, what It stores its images and, and video on a micro SD card. And because the lenses are on opposite sides of the camera, if there's a slight difference in lighting on one side to the other, when it stitches it together, you can kind of see the link there. You can see the line. Other 360-degree cameras like the 360 Fly, that's got one camera, one lens on top of the device. So you're getting consistent light in every direction. The LG with the lens on either side, that's the only inconsistency that we noticed. The other device that we also received to review is the LG, the 360 VR. Now, this is a headset, not much, not a headset. It's actually a pair, it looks like a pair of sunglasses. And it connects to the G5 through the USB-C port. And you can enjoy VR, different apps. You can even enjoy the content you've created with your 360 cam. Uh, and it's, it's also... It's fair. It's it's not quite. Uh, it, it it's less bulky than a headset, but doesn't quite block out the light like a headset does. I know you look like goo you look a bit of a goose whether you're wearing glasses or the headset. But the 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 v, LG VR, which was trying to look a little bit more like a pair of sunglasses kind of allowed it to be uh, it lets light in it doesn't give you as much coverage as a headset would so in in lg's attempts to try to make you look less silly it's actually made it worse because it lets light in it doesn't give you the full coverage uh, and it's also a little bit clunky I, I was surprised that the controls were a little clunkier than the larger headset which 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 a little ironic to me not in the same league as the samsung gear vr and not even in the same galaxy as hd 
the HTC Vive and the PlayStation VR, but still a handy way for you to enjoy the VR content you've created and the VR content you can enjoy through various apps. The LG G5 is priced at $1,099. And if you want to read my entire review and find out how many stars out of five it did receive, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. All right, a couple of quick reviews before we head to the help desk. And the first is the Kogan Atlas. This is a two-in-one hybrid device. Now, what I mean by hybrid, I mean that it's a device that can be used as a laptop and you can pull off the screen and use it as a tablet. It's Kogan's, one of Kogan's very first tablets. And it's running Windows 10 and it can has that hybrid ability. So like a tablet or a laptop, comes with a keyboard, got all the connectivity, and it's priced at well below 300 bucks. In fact, it's only $259. It weighs 600 grams, has got a full-size keyboard and a 10.1-inch high-definition touchscreen display. The display, as I mentioned, can be detached and used on its own as a tablet. When it's attached to the keyboard, it looks just like a laptop. It's powered by the Intel Atom X5 processor. It's got an SD card slot. It's got a micro USB 2 port. These are all on the keyboard, by the way, and a USB 3 port as long as a, as well as a mini HDMI type C port. The 10.1 inch screen has got a resolution of 1200 by 800 and attaches to the to the keyboard with a pin, a special pin connection so there's no need to pair by bluetooth or charge the devices separately. The uh, device itself, 25.8 centimeters long and 17.3 centimeters uh, thick or wider, I should say, and 1.05 centimetres thick. 32 gig of internal storage, and you can expand that through the SD card slot. It's got a generous 5,800 milliamp hour battery that'll give you all-day use. Now, people are saying, $259, what's the catch? Why is it cheaper? And when you look at the other Microsoft, other Windows 10 tablets in the market, the two that come to mind are the Surface Pro tablets and the recently released Samsung Tab Pro S tablets. Both are priced at around 13 or start at 1300 1400 bucks. So why is Kogan's device more than $1,000 cheaper than these other products? Well, here are a few things why. People, people always ask me, what's the catch? Why is this so cheap? Well, let me tell you. The screen is smaller than the, than the Microsoft and Samsung screens. They've, they've both got more, more than 12-inch uh, displays. The screen also has a lower resolution. So don't think you're going to get total quad HD or that kind of resolution. It's got lower resolution. There's also a lot less internal memory. The processor, too, is, is a, an inferior processor. It's not as fast or powerful as the processors you'll find aboard the Microsoft and Samsung devices. It's also a little thicker. The Samsung Tab Pro S uh, is a lot thinner than the Atlas 2-in-1, although the Atlas 2-in-1 is 20 grams lighter than the Samsung Tab Pro S as well. Front and back cameras only have a resolution of 2 megapixel, the Microsoft and Samsung tablets are a lot better. Uh, and the other reason it's cheaper is it's delivered straight to you from the factory. That's how Kogan, that's the Kogan business model, not sold in stores. You can only buy it online through Kogan.com. Now, the other things, the Atlas, we should point out that those are the reasons why it is cheaper. 
And look, it's less, it's more than $1,000 cheaper, but we should point out that the Atlas 2M also has some of the latest features as well, and they include 802.11ac Wi-Fi connectivity. It's got a USB 3 port. The Samsung Tab Pro S only has a USB-C port, so no regular size ports at all, and the Kogan also has a mini HDMI port as well, and it's also running the latest Windows 10 operating system. So in those areas, it's not only matched those other devices, but exceeded in a couple of areas. The Atlas 2-in-1 hybrid Windows 10 device, it's incredible value at 259 bucks, and it's available to order now from kogan.com. I've put a link at our story at techguide.com.au. Alrighty, we're talking about a Samsung product again here, and this time it's the it's the SSD, the T3 portable SSD. Now, SSD, for those who don't know, is short for Solid State Drive. Now, this is a portable drive that's about the size of a credit card. It is tiny, 7.4 centimeters long, 5.8 centimeters wide, 1.05 centimeters thick. So what this means is you can carry this device around literally in your pocket. That's a great solution if you are transporting a lot of content or using a lot of content, transferring a lot of content, creating a lot of content. People like photographers, videographers, designers who've got who sort of run through high volumes of data that need to be stored, they need to be shared, need to be moved, and the Samsung pocket size SSD drive can help you do it. Uh, it can also work as well to expand the capacity of your laptop, expand the capacity also of your tablet or smartphone. It's also compatible with other Android smartphones, Android and Windows tablets, as well as Windows and Mac computers. Uh, it's also available, if you're using it with a mobile device, it also has its own Android app, the Samsung Portable SSD mobile app helps you get at the content on the drive as well as helping you save content on the drive. It's got a 3.1 USB 3.1 connection. Transfer speed, you know what? This can transfer content at up to 450 megabytes per second. That's almost, that's, that, that's almost a terabyte. So it'd be a terabyte in 2.2 seconds, four times faster than external HD drives. And the beauty of this little device is that as being an SSD drive, it has no moving parts. It's like a massive flash memory card. But if you're using a regular hard disk drive, that's got a spinning platter that if you drop it, bump it, you could damage it and even lose access to your to your content, the uh, your content on the device. Uh, the the Samsung SSD T3 has got a shock resistant metal case and a fr- an internal frame, so can handle a drop. If you drop it from a height of two meters, it's still going to be good as gold and give you access to all your content. Security-wise, you're going to have 256-bit hardware encryption, so all your content is protected with a password. And look, if you, even if you lost this thing, it's a small drive. Someone else picks it up. There's no way they can get into your content unless they've got your password. Now, the capacities, there uh, it starts at 250 gig for 199 bucks, moving up to 500 gig for $329, a terabyte, $649, two terabytes, $1,249, and each of those still have that really small form factor. So you could carry two terabytes literally in your top pocket. 
uh, all the way down to 250 gig. They are all the capacities and they are all the prices. And if you want to see some pictures and also recheck those prices, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they're giving you the fastest speeds available with the new Netgear Nighthawk X8 AC5300 smart Wi-Fi router with speeds of up to 5.3 gigabits per second and tri-band Wi-Fi. You can deliver more Wi-Fi to more devices. The Nighthawk X8 has four external active antennas. They've got these cool blue lights on them, plus four internal antennas, which amplify your Wi-Fi range. Smart Connect on board also intelligently selects the fastest Wi-Fi band for every device on your network. And it's also got ready cloud USB access, so you can secure personal access to USB storage. So you can connect an external hard drive to the router and you can access that content from anywhere. Now, Nighthawk X8, it's the next wave in Wi-Fi. Learn more at netgear.com.au. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Now, the Tech Guide Help Desk this week is actually an issue. uh, This is coming from myself. I have this issue with Firefox. Firefox is a browser, and I was using it on my Mac, and for some reason, it just was not working. Now, I'm thinking, why can't this work? It's it's a normal browser. I haven't changed anything. I haven't done anything. And there were a couple of steps that I had to follow to get it to actually access a website. And I was finding that the... The browser, even when I clicked on, I had I had all my bookmarks, I clicked on my website, I clicked on Google, and nothing happened. It said, just could not connect, cannot connect, site not found, server not found, just gave up the ghost. And I thought, what the hell is going on? And what I did find was a solution. And if you click on, if you're a Firefox user, the top right-hand corner, there's the menu button. In that, a little drop-down comes down, and you'll see a little cog symbol for preferences. And in this menu, you're going to go right down the bottom to Advanced. And from here, you're going to also see the network settings. And then it's going to say uh, one of the first options is Connection. Configure how Firefox connects to the Internet. Now, if you connect that button next to that, that Settings button, what I found was my issue was the proxies being used to access the internet. So the, the choices are no proxy, auto detect proxy, use system proxy settings or manual proxy configuration. I put it to no proxy and I, I clicked OK and lo and behold, it worked again. Now don't ask me why this happened. I think I might have run an update and it just suddenly wasn't working. Those That's that little tip, that trick help me get this back online. And I, I do use Firefox a fair bit, and uh, I use it actually in, in production of this podcast. So it was really important that I had to get Firefox Firefox working again. 
So if you're having those similar issues, that is how you fix it. And uh, hopefully that will never happen to us again because we quite like the Firefox browser. And, and we also, I, I use Safari as well. Uh, people, I think other choices would be Chrome. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Stephen Fennick. That's Stephen spelled with a PH. Tell me what your favorite browser is. Hashtag Tech Guide Podcast. And uh, I'd love to hear your feedback. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that is our show for this week. You can read about everything we've spoken about, as usual, at techguide.com.au. And feel free to get in touch. Our email address is info at techguide.com.au. A special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can keep you, your family, and your devices safe online. Thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure having you with us once again. And we are already looking forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, as we love to say, stay safe and stay connected.